Well, hello and welcome to the first podcast of 2024. Can you believe 2024 already? Quite remarkable. Well, of course, the first thing about this year, you might well have noticed that the CSF has recently been renamed as the Immune-Mediated Inflammatory Disease Forum. Why, you might ask? Well, the truth is that we're trying to reflect the new scope of our forum and podcasts. We're soon going to be expanding to include additional disease areas beyond the rheumatic diseases. So this will be the place to keep yourself up to date on all of the latest news and data right across immune-mediated inflammatory diseases. Now, in today's podcast, I'm going to review two papers that provide guidance in the treatment still of rheumatic diseases in the real-world setting. In our first paper, Emma Durez and, and colleagues present the 2023 ULAR recommendations for the management of fatigue in people with inflammatory rheumatic and musculoskeletal diseases. So obviously, uh, I'm a huge fan of ULAR, and I think it's a really important paper. I'm looking forward to telling you about it. And then in, in our second paper, Kehinde Sunmaboy and colleagues compare the, the risks of cardiovascular events in a multi-ethnic cohort treated with JAK inhibitors. Again, a very prevalent issue, our responsibilities to think about the treatment of all of our patients and rather just those select few who come into clinical trials by preference. And as ever, nothing's really changed. If you want to access detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today, please visit imidforum.com. So that's imidforum, all one word, I-M-I-D-F-O-R-U-M.com. And you're going to find everything that you used to find in the original website. Great resources, slides, abstracts, and of course, podcasts. What's not to love? Right then, first paper, 2023 ULAR recommendations for the management of fatigue in people with inflammatory, rheumatic, and musculoskeletal diseases. A little background, well, I think none of us need a reminder that fatigue is prevalent in our patients right across the range of inflammatory RMDs. And, and for individuals living with fatigue, and indeed the health professionals delivering their care, I think it was pretty obvious that there was need for guidance. And for this reason, ULAR set up a task force to develop treatment recommendations. Uh, per ULAR protocol, this task force included clinicians, academics, methodologists, and experts drawn from 14 European countries. In case you've ever wondered, there are strict SOPs that govern the formation and conduct of these task forces, which is one of the reasons why there's such consistency across the board in the ULAR products. Two systematic reviews were conducted, one focused on pharmacologic interventions and the other uh, reviewed non-pharmacologic interventions. You can find them published separately. Well, the key results, well, obviously, I, I'm not going to read through the, the entire list, but I want to just highlight a few things for you. There are overarching principles for any ULAR recommendation, and then there, there are actual uh, recommendations. In this case, four of each. So. Uh, Summarizing health professionals should be aware that fatigue encompasses multiple mutually interacting biologic, psychological, and social factors. I think most of us, I hope, would be aware of that, but it's useful to have that reminder. And in the presence of inflammatory RMDs, fatigue should be monitored. And as part of clinical care, we should be thinking about offering management options. Even if they're limited, I think we should be raising the conversation. That's the, that's the, the recommendation at least. Management of fatigue should be a shared decision between people with IRMDs and, and health and 
uh, and, and well-being professionals. And managing fatigue should be based on the needs and preferences of people with RMDs, as well as their clinical disease activity, comorbidities, and other individual psychosocial or contextual factors. Um, the recommendations, again, I'll highlight them for you. Remember that the text contains detailed explanation underpinning all of these, and I actually recommend you go to the paper and have a good read at it. There's loads of really useful information in there to guide us in our routine practice. And I, I guess you, like me, I, I find this hard. I find management fatigue difficult in, in patients. So this is a particularly welcome paper for that reason. But the four recommendations as follows, health professionals should incorporate regular assessment of fatigue severity, impact, and coping strategies into their clinical consultations. Patients with fatigue should be offered access to tailored physical activity interventions and encouraged to engage in long-term physical activity. Uh, they should be offered access to structured and tailored psychoeducational interventions. And finally, the presence of worsening fatigue should trigger evaluation of disease activity status and consideration of immune modulatory treatment initiation or change, assuming the latter is clinically indicated. Those are pretty clear and I think actionable for us all. Uh, how would I conclude? Well, I think many of our patients in clinical practice tell us about fatigue all the time and we know it's difficult. And these recommendations provide a consensus and an up-to-date guidance on what we should be offering our patients. And given the limitations of some of our interventions, it's at least reassuring to be able to say to our patients, look, this is the current state of the art. May not be perfect, but it's actually where we need to be. And you and I in our shared decision-making process can go forward on that basis. I suspect for a patient to hear that acknowledged even in itself is a useful progression. And it's really important that we see how we incorporate these into our routine practice and education for patients. Okay, so really important paper. I commend it to you. Now, our second manuscript today is entitled The Cardiovascular Safety of Janus Kinase Inhibitory Therapy in a Multi-Ethnic Population. Now, I think as we know in the general population, there are concerns about the risk of cardiovascular events related to treatment with JAK inhibitors. Um, previous studies such as they are have found no ethnic differences in incidence of cardiovascular events in patients with autoimmune rheumatic diseases that are treated with JAK inhibitors. And this was a retrospective cross-sectional study. It aimed to assess cardiovascular safety of JAK inhibitor therapy in a large multi-ethnic patient cohort and to identify correlation between age of patients in the cohort with an increased risk of cardiovascular events. 309 patients uh, with uh, an autoimmune rheumatic disease were treated with JAK inhibitors were enrolled. All patients were over 18 years of age and they included RA, PSA, uh, axial spinal arthritis on JAK inhibitor therapy at the time of the study. And cardiovascular events that occurred while in JAK inhibitor therapy were identified retrospectively. So key results, well, out of all patients, 73% were white and 26%, give or take, were South Asian. Majority, that is 77% of patients were female. A total of 14 cardiovascular events occurred during the study period. Uh, the most common comorbidity was hypertension, which was present in, uh, present in 22% of patients. Uh, and there was a significant and statistically significant correlation between cardiovascular event incidence and age, although this was weak. Probably that's not terribly surprising in itself. Um, well, what do we conclude here? Well, uh, first of all, I, I really welcome this because uh, we, we've got to be studying 
uh, adverse events and indeed for that matter efficacy across different ethnic groups and I really commend the authors for bringing this into the literature. Uh, in terms of the, the, the data, well, it's it's limited by the retrospective design, and I think we should take the data at face value. Uh, it looks like jack inhibitor therapy is generally safe in older patients uh, in a multi-ethnic population. Um, cardiovascular risk uh, is, is something that we should still be thinking about. And, and it's important to note that patient ethnicity does not appear to affect the risk of cardiovascular events while in JAK inhibitor therapy on this analysis. But that's something we need to really keep an eye on. Uh, remember that, that particularly uh, some Southeast Asian populations do have particularly significant challenges in terms of cardiometabolic syndrome and, and cardiovascular risk per se. So we shouldn't allow the, the JAK inhibitor element here to take our eye off the ball. We, we need to be consistent in evaluation of cardiovascular risk, and we need to be advocating for mitigation in terms of prophylaxis and other interventions. Well, to view the publications uploaded this month and access our other podcasts and resources, head over to the new imedforum.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the new Immune Mediating Inflammatory Disease Forum podcast channel to make sure you don't miss our podcasts in future. And as always, make sure to let us know what you think by leaving a review. And thanks ever so much for your attention. It's great to have you back in 2024. I'm looking forward to talking with you as the, the weeks and months go by, as we together learn a whole lot more about these immune-mediated disease states and how we can best treat them for our patients' benefit. Thanks ever so much. Bye-bye.